It's the BOL Recruiting Roundup on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BOL. There's Andrew Bone. There's Tim Watts. And we have a lot to talk about on this Monday. Huge recruiting weekend for the Crimson Tide, as you might expect, with LSU in town. And boy, it sounds like Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, you want environment, you want atmosphere, you want the program to be able to sell itself as it has done in large part over these last 15 or 16 years, sounds like that was the case over the weekend in T-Town. Yes, it had to be amazing. I mean, you know how you know? It's like every game on the message board, there's that guy watching from home that says, hey, it looks looks dead, so quiet. Well, that guy didn't even show up this week. So I know the crowd was fantastic to shut that down. Um, unbelievable environment. We are hearing about it before the game, the excitement, during the game, after I know Andrew's the same way, hearing from parents or coaches or people who were there or fans and absolutely off the chart. Also, know it was a huge deal because LSU fans are going, ah, it's all right. You know, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's it's not bad. So they, they environment because, you know, they pride themselves their self in uh, in LSU on those Saturday night games. But it was it was it was literally off the chain. It was an incredible environment. Yeah. You know, I, I'm 38 years old and I think it was the first time that I have not been to Tuscaloosa for an Alabama LSU game um so you know it was kind of it kind of sucked being at home uh you know watching it on television rather than being inside Bryant Denny Stadium but you know just from talking to uh, you know different people who were there um you know not only you know recruits or coaches but you know talking to you know even friends and family who were you know in attendance they were just like it was one of the absolute best game atmospheres they have seen in a uh, in a really long time um yeah I think you know with Alabama's team this year and you know maybe even a little bit last year you know people don't know what to expect sometimes so you're going in there uh you're getting loud you're excited about the game you know what's at stake I mean Alabama has one loss they can't afford another one so these you know all these fans even recruits who are in attendance they're being as loud as they possibly can and throughout the entire game so you know back when um you know back in the in the mid um 2010s you know Fans weren't really that loud. I mean, because Alabama was just blowing t- teams out left and right every every single week, you know, going throughout the season, you know, not losing any games. So now it's like, all right, got to get loud. And, and it's certainly helping, uh, you know, Crimson Tide football you know, team. Another thing I think that factored in was last year's home schedule was brutal. I mean, Andrew remembers trying to get talk to kids about visiting, and, you know, there just wasn't a lot of big games last year. Their opponents – it was brutal, wasn't it? It was just brutal. Like, you know, the, you know, they, they didn't play a lot of big games at home. And if they did, it wasn't against a, you know, a highly ranked opponent. And this year we knew Texas humongous team coming to, to Alabama, LSU and Tennessee, the two teams that beat them last year coming there. So also, I think you saw Nick Saban, me and Travis talked about this last week. I think you saw Nick Saban kind of will this to happen because they were so great against Tennessee. He went and thanked them. And, you know, like that, you know, like throwing that pet a trick, they are ready to bark for coach now. So I think we saw all that come together at one time. It was it was pretty impressive. I think Andrew kind of hit on it, too. Sometimes it takes a loss earlier in the season to provide that urgency, even from the fan base. Think about, you know, 2014, the loss at Ole Miss and then how that crowd kind of evolved as you got to the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa last that year. That was one of the more memorable atmospheres that I can recall 
that shootout, what was it, 55-44 kind of game, kind of like LSU the other night. Yeah. Um, 2015 had the early season loss again to Ole Miss, and then Tennessee at home, LSU at home later in that season. Uh, you don't want a loss, uh, but sometimes it can it can certainly help you keep your fans on the edge of their seats in games like this in November. So we talk about the weekend. I know there wasn't a big number of official visitors. Really, Alabama doesn't have the slots remaining at this point to have big weekends. But what are we hearing on the official visit front, guys, from Alabama LSU? Andrew? Yeah, I mean, you had two official visitors on campus this weekend. You had Elias Williams, a four-star defensive lineman out of uh, Hudson High School down in Florida. Uh, he's committed to Mizzou. And um, you also had, um, oh my gosh, uh, Jay Sean Ross out of uh, Missouri, guy yeah. Kansas City, Missouri, six foot four, uh, 220-pound outside linebacker. You know, a little bit of a difference. Elias Williams was offered back in August, um, about two days before he committed to Mizzou. So uh, he's starting to receive a lot more attention from a lot of different schools, including Tennessee, USC. But uh, he was in town. And I, I don't think we're going to see any sort of you know, quick decision from him as far as, you know, making a decision if he's going to stick with Mizzou or continue or uh, potentially flip to Alabama. I think we're going to see him, uh, you know, take some more visits, maybe do something in, in December, but heard he had a great trip uh, to Alabama. We should have something on Bama online, uh, you know, either later today or on Tuesday. And then Jay Sean Ross, this is a kid that I think Alabama you know, probably wishes they would have jumped on a little bit sooner. Uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, really impressive. Uh, they went and watched him play a couple of uh, weeks ago. Um, he plays on both sides of the football, wide receiver and, uh, you know, that edge position, but mainly being recruited as an edge um, backer. And I think that Alabama is going to have a really good chance uh, to potentially get on him late. Uh, we'll just kind of see how it all unfolds. But those are the two official visitors for Alabama this weekend. I, you, I don't. I need to interrupt because we had two basketball official visitors. And oh, yeah. we are now – we are a basketball program. I know because they – that met – I've loved basketball. Travis knows this since my whole life. And I wanted a fan base that was as rabid as it is now. Well, it's here. I mean, they are mad if we don't mention them. And Alabama had two nice uh, – nice, You got an uh, interesting nugget on that, as yeah, a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, Ross Cunningham. This is an interesting guy. Came in for an official visit. Was previously ranked the number one player in the country. Um, was a top ten prospect. I think Alabama, Nate Oates and them, I think they did a fantastic job and. You know, we're hearing that he could be committing in the near future. Yeah, we had a nugget on it. I think Alabama did a great job on that visit. Also had a kid named Travis Perry. So um, I feel like, you know, we need to – we're probably going to pay that Hoops team a little bit more attention because they're sneaking up on us. And, you know, football wraps us up because there's so much going on. But I looked up, Nate Oates was in a finalist for every top ten player in the country. So I don't want to get in trouble with our uh, basketball guys. But, yeah, I think the, the visitor weekend overall went great for all four of those guys. I think Alabama is sneaky involved with Elias, um, like Andrew said. But, you know, we're kind of at that phase with, with recruiting where nobody really wants to tell you because signing day is, what, six, seven weeks away. So we're almost at the finish line of keeping it a secret. But Alabama's involved with a lot of guys that are going to come down, what they're fighting and battling for. Andrew, was a lot, it? a lot of these, uh, you know, final decisions is probably going to be reached 
after these in-home visits with these head coaches because yeah. it's about to be in-home visit season. And, you know, Nick Saban's about to go into a lot of homes, you know, probably even some kids that we're not even talking about right now uh, to sell the Alabama program to them. Sure. So it's about to be a, uh, you know, this next you know, month and a half is going to be really intense. So, Andrew, in some ways, was the weekend at least as impactful, if not more impactful, when you're talking about 2025s and beyond? We also had a lot of, you know, not just official visitors who were in, in Tuscaloosa, but you had also had a lot of unofficial visitors, guys that uh, are in the 2024 class, like Kiwan Lacey, uh, four-star running back out of Texas, who uh, Alabama uh, has really amped things up with him over the course of the last uh, you know month or so just decommitted from Nebraska. So having him on campus was, was big. Uh, Solomon Williams, uh, four-star edge rusher out of, uh, out of Carrollwood Day down in Tampa. Uh, he was back on campus. We're probably going to see a decision happen from him sometime within the next you know, couple weeks. Uh, I don't think we're going to get into December before he makes a decision. And then we saw some other – you know, saw some guys who were committed elsewhere on campus this weekend. Perry Thompson, um, you know, a former Alabama commitment, was back in town. Demarcus Riddick was also on campus. You know, one other you know intriguing prospect that we saw on campus this weekend was uh, Darius um, Hayes, uh, line top 100 linebacker uh, at a Largo High School in Florida. He's committed to Florida, uh, so you had some guys who were committed elsewhere on campus, but. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. As far as making a big impact, you had a lot of 2025 uh, and 2026 recruits who were on campus. You know, you know, a lot of big names, especially, you know, in-state. Naheem Alford, uh, number one cornerback uh, in the country out of Parker High School. He was back in town. You also had Jakeem Stewart, number one defensive recruit in the 2026 class, who is in Tuscaloosa. George McIntyre, number two quarterback in the country in 2025. He was on campus. So you know, getting a lot of those guys in that atmosphere, in that environment, all the lights. I mean, it was – I mean, I, I'm sure many people saw the video that uh, the Alabama posted of the, of the players running out the tunnel onto the field. I mean, that was one of the coolest videos that, that I've seen uh, that Alabama's put out. I mean, it's hard to uh, – I tell you what, if I'm a if I'm a recruit, it's hard not to commit after being uh, you know, in an atmosphere like that on Saturday night. You know, Tim. Now that Andrew talked about all those committed elsewhere guys that were on campus, he's got me in he's got me in flip mode. So I'm going to ask both of you the one flip that's out there for Alabama that you think could be most impactful for this 2024 class. You know, I like Elias. I think they're looking for guys on the, you know, it's not a great year at defensive line. I say that about basically every position because it's true. It's not a great year on the defensive line. I think you look at Elias Williams. They've got a couple guys they really like in Beeman and Faga committed. They've got to figure out how to get four guys probably in this class. Could lose a few guys definitely to the draft graduation. So he's the one I'm most intrigued about. One, because I think Missouri's did a really good job recruiting in the defensive line. They have – they have a couple of big-time prospects in there, so I, I trust their evaluations. Two, Alabama's made him a priority. And, again, you can't have enough defensive linemen. You know, you know, we always talk – we don't talk about defensive line like we do offensive line, but I'm of the opinion you got to sign four to five offensive linemen in every class just hoping to hit on five every year, um, five starters. And I feel the same way about the defensive line where you rotate them in so much. Yeah, it seems like almost all of Alabama's flip targets are on the defensive front with uh, Elias Williams. You know, they're trying to uh, flip William Eccles, uh, defensive line commitment for Ole Miss. Uh, you know, 
Dalen Evans, who's committed to Texas A&M, may be coming in for an official. But I'll go to a different uh, area on the defensive side. And I, I think Alabama would you know, really like to add another linebacker. And, you know, there's two guys. Um, Tristan Jernigan out of Tupelo High School in Mississippi has been to Alabama you know, a few times since his commitment to um, uh, to Texas A&M. You know, still committed to the Aggies, uh, but as of right now, expecting to visit Alabama again in December. Uh, and then I mentioned Adarius Hayes, um, linebacker out of Largo, Florida. Uh, you know, being on campus this weekend, I think it gives Alabama an opportunity to potentially bring him back uh, for an official visit in December. So we'll see if he makes a trip back. I think Alabama would really like to get uh, one more linebacker in this class, um, at least you know an inside linebacker, and I think those are two guys that we're going to be watching uh, pretty closely moving forward. All right, it's time for the Uncle Tim segment, but you know Andrew and I will try to chip in as well. It is Kentucky Week for Alabama, so when you think of Alabama recruiting in the state of Kentucky, I guess it starts with Sean Alexander, right? I mean, that's got to be the top of the list. But Uncle Tim. Do you have maybe a Jedrick Will story for us? For story you, I, time? Got a, I got a bad story. We we just came off Halloween. I'm not going towards Thanksgiving yet. I'm still in spooky mode. I'll go Matt Elam. A guy, I when you said Kentucky, that's the first one I thought. I mean, I know that's a – I know I'm going at my mind's in the wrong angle, but I thought Matt Elam, nose tackle, 340 at the time. Uh, Alabama, Notre Dame. I think he was a little bit bigger than three, four. Well, he at the time, and then Thanksgiving and everything happened, and he he got a little bigger. But nose guard, uh, nose tackle. Alabama wanted him. Lance Thompson had him, and it was Notre Dame who was a you know a college playoff type team at the time. Alabama, and then it was uh, at Kentucky, and you know it's almost that reverse basketball where it's like Alabama's recruiting a basketball guy, looking at Kentucky, North Carolina, and you're like. No way. Well, Matt was the one that got away. Um, wasn't a great player at Kentucky, kind of a role player. But certainly, if you're talking about great players, I love Jedrick Willis, but Sean Alexander, the whole story about him going to Michigan for an official visit during the season, it was snowing, and he was like, nope. <laughs> and ended up in Alabama. I've always thought that was one of the best stories. And also, you're talking about a guy that was MVP of the National Football League. I mean, you're talking about a guy that – had some of the biggest rushing games in Alabama history and did it like he wasn't even trying. So, yeah, not not more memories than I expected for the state of Kentucky. You know, you know yeah. another another Kentucky running back, Damian Harris. Uh, yeah. Damian Harris was going into uh, his announcement. And he come out and said this that he was going to come out and said he was committing to Kentucky, even though. I don't know at the time, you know, you have to kind of look back as far as why, you know, while we had, while we were predicting Alabama, but he said he was going in to commit to Kentucky. And then all of a sudden Alabama just came out of his mouth and uh, stuck with it. Um, I, love, you know, Matt, I love those stories. I love those stories that come back after, like, you know, I was, I was going to Notre Dame and I got in the car and, you know, they were playing sweet home Alabama on the radio. And I'm like, Bama. You know, I love that. I love that. You know, I love the after stories of like, I walked up to the podium and boom, changed my, I didn't even know what was coming out. I love those. But I will say, I always use uh, Damien as the guy with Travis of like, they had to drag him off campus, right? He never wanted to go. He was Mark <laughs> he Ingram, Bammer status. Never, wa never wanted to leave college. He loved it. He loved it. And so go, hey, going back to your flips earlier. Um, Mac Jones. Yeah. Yes. yes. Good one. 
Kentucky. Yeah. And this is after this is after Tua was uh, was committed to Alabama. So uh, you know, Alabama took two quarterbacks in that in that class. And Matt, you know, so. Matt called me in like March after the signing period, and I, I didn't know him that well. You know, it's kind of like flew under the radar, then flipped, and everything got quiet. We were after the bigger targets, and he said. I thought he was accusing me. He's like, why does everybody keep saying I have to be worried about Tua and Jalen? And I was like, I, I didn't say that, but I'm thinking <laughs> it right now. you got to be worried, buddy. And uh, he's like, they should be worried. And I was like, oh, well, all right then. <laughs> There's a reason why Nick referred to him as Johnny McEnroe. He was a he little fiery. He was very confident coming out of high school, and which I was, thought was going to help him. I thought, Oh, I was my like, gosh. I would gonna, say it. He better be, right? Well, yeah. he did say he did say I was like I didn't write that I would never write that anybody should be scared of anybody, and um, he said no like when I go to the store everybody's asking me what I was thinking, I was like well they're not wrong I mean it's two and Jalen <laughs> they're pretty pretty talented guys so I just one of the craziest moments just a random call out of the blue like hey I thought I was being like hey why are you saying that and he came close to adding Gardner Minshew to that group oh my right gosh. Are you kidding me Brock Purdy all these names we heard. He was coming, wasn't he? Men, yeah. men, heck, Minshew was committed. He was com he was going as a um, he was a, a dumb deal. He was basically just uh, wanting to play a year at Alabama so that he could um, become a grad transfer yeah. or a, a, a graduate coach, GA. Yeah, and, well, uh, up coaching. be a coach and um, you know. Did he start in the NFL yesterday? Hey, he started for yeah. the Colts. He beat Bryce yeah. yesterday. Yes, I was about to rest, say this. Rest in, rest in peace, Mike Leach. Mike Leach saw something in him. Told him, hey, you're going to throw for. 4,000 yards next season for us. So come here and he said, okay. I'm gonna yeah, it would take an offense like that to get me to go to Pullman, Washington, probably, guys. <laughs> I got a feeling Leach is a pretty good sales pitch. You know what I mean? I think yeah. he's pretty cut and he to did. the dry. Yeah, yeah. Too, cut and dried with it. We remember Leach with uh, the Greg McElroy flip. Yeah, he didn't take that one too well, as I recall. He, he did not wish Gregory good luck. <laughs> did he, he try to put him in that shed with uh, – uh, Craig James's kid. Oh maybe. boy! In in his defense, <laughs> Greg had told him the whole time he was firm, and that Bama wasn't a factor. And then Tebow committed, and me and Travis started the dominoes mm. that led to lawsuits being threatened. <laughs> there was. Some I remember money. cotton. I remember Cotton Bowl practice, and uh, Alabama was working out at SMU for the 2006, I guess, Cotton Bowl 2005 season, and. Uh, Greg came out to practice and, uh, yeah, that was, that was something else. That little, that little sequence proved, say, uh, proved beneficial to the Nick Saban era too. Travis, I will say this going back to the weekend, when you referred to what it does, we've seen this weekend pay off dividends down the road because this there's not a, okay. There's not a lot of football games left. Right. Um, so these kids are limited in their final three or four weeks that they can visit for some of these guys, this will be their last impression. Even if it's they're not, even if it's not the last game they attend, how many games are going to hit that intensity? Look at the schedule. How many have the potential to hit that? Alabama Love just them. has Chattanooga left. That's all I'm they've got. About, at I'm, home. I'm talking about across the nation, right? Like you, right. Michigan, Ohio State will play. It's going to be a day game. They can't hit that environment. You know, you're when you look at the big games. There's just not a lot across the nation left, really. Florida State, Miami's not going to hit that. You know, when you start looking at these big matchups. There's just not a lot left. So that's going to be the last impression or the best impression for a lot of these recruits. Well, we can expect we'll, – I think we'll, we'll certainly expect Auburn to be loud for the uh, for the yeah. Iron Bowl. 
Gainesville will be electric for Florida State. You still yeah. have those kind of matchups, but well, well, are those night games? Because the night just kind of. If they're not night games, it changes because the night just kicks it off at a different well, level. I think Florida, Florida State will probably be CBS 230 because since that game's in Gainesville, CBS gets to pick. Now, right. if it were in Tallahassee, maybe it's a night game. So, yeah, I you're mean, right. You got to hit on the night. You can't do your cell phone light in the day. And what about know what weather, I mean? too, and all this? I mean, oh, it, yeah, it, it that's matters, another. too. All the factors came together for Alabama. Because yeah, it was freezing weekend, a few right? days earlier in Alabama. Yeah. It was freezing. Yeah, the James Spann oh. effect. Tim's got on his suspenders now, so I know where we're we're headed with this. I'd wear those, but I really don't need them with cargos. <laughs> I, just don't, I think I'm pressing my style. Yeah, yeah, uh, that might be a tough uh, tough pull-off. Andrew, uh, leave us with something as, as we get out of here. You too, Tim. Uh, final impression from the weekend. You talked about it in relation to basketball, too. The Alabama men's hoops and women's hoops teams, a doubleheader at Coleman Coliseum on Monday night. So it's here. Give us that uh, that final thought as we wrap up the recruiting roundup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it was a big you know weekend. We're going to have a lot of uh, recruiting nuggets that are going to drop on Bama Online later on today, kind of going through you know, all of these guys, kind of where things stand. Uh, after the weekend, but you know it should be a fun month um, on the recruiting front with a, you know a lot of you know, and I always say this, but a lot of twists and turns, a lot of kids that are going to end up visiting that you know, uh, you know in December that you know, we haven't really talked much about throughout the throughout the year. But it'll be a lot of fun. Just go to Bama online, uh, get all the recruiting uh, information there, especially all the nuggets. But Zion Grady uh, announcing his decision this week. I believe it's on Wednesday. Um, top one hundred edge rusher in the state of Alabama um, out of Charles Henderson High School. Uh, we'll have a final prediction on Bama online uh, probably sometime today or tomorrow. Yeah, I think when you look at the 24 class, and of course, Zion's in the 25 class, so they're already putting bricks in there uh, for that group, which has a chance to be special. But with 24, I think they're just spot picking. They want to add couple of linemen, like Andrew said, an inside back or a running back. Got to get a running back in this class, which is a very interesting situation. You have guys that, that they're still on the table. Not a great running back here, as we've alluded to, but there's some good running backs. I'll tell you, Robert Gillespie, um, he's kicking over the rocks, finding guys to recruit. You know, he was the one that went out and got Keywan Lacey, offered a uh, offered a uh, kid, was named Javon Baugh. this last – yeah, offered him this past weekend. Um you know, so he's did a good job. props to him for doing a good job of, of finding guys. But they're down to basically hold on to what you got. Remember, kiddies, all flips aren't good flips. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's better to keep what you got and add a little bit more and then just kind of go from there. Sometimes you flip and sometimes I guess you, you get, get flipped. flipped. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you're the cook, sometimes you're the flapjack. So <laughs> So it's going to be exciting, but I really think that 2025 class is going to pick up a little bit steam too. And last note would be, Andrew mentioned it, Saban's going in-home. I'm not sure there's a much better in-home guy than Nick Saban. There might be some. You might say some's as good, but I think Nick, home, Nick Saban well, he starts, really – starts line dancing. It's over. Yes. When you yeah. turn on the radio and he hits the carpet, moves the coffee table out of the way, that's a that's a heck of a sales pitch. He starts, biting that, starts, biting, starts biting that bottom lip. With those hands going, it's over. Slides Absolutely. out. Absolutely. But fantastic weekend. You know, it's a good time to be doing this pod. 
Absolutely, and a lot of coverage for you. All the coverage at BamaOnline.com. Hey, Andrew, Tim, thanks again, man. Men. I appreciate it. See you Thank next you. week. All right, for Andrew Bone, Tim Watts, Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Come hang out with us at the roundtable if you want to be in the know when things happen as they happen. The roundtable with us at BamaOnline.com is absolutely the place to be. Until next time, so long, everybody.